After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. I'm your host, J.J. Cooper, with fellow co-host, Carrie Booyer. Oh, thanks and, for having uh, me. We're going to talk a little today. We're going to do a little prospects, folks. I know we had draft last week. You know, you get the college podcast every week. We'll have several more draft podcasts uh, over the next month as we get ready for the draft. And that's where really kind of we've got John Manuel and Jim Callis and others are in the draft bunker. But uh, some of us, <laughs> not that we don't focus on the draft, but we – we follow, uh, you know, we kind of are trying to keep the prospect uh, fires burning while uh, while they're worried about the draft. So bunker is a good word for it. I, it is. I, I haven't I haven't seen a John Manuel. He sits what ten feet from me. I haven't seen him in about a week. He, he closes he the door and uh, <laughs> basically and and then works the phone. And you can really tell if it's a real bunker day because the uh, the stubble. You know, John's <laughs> it's a good pretty shaven, but if you know if it's a day that. Uh, that John is uh, really in the bunker. You'll notice it's like a uh, it's an unshaven day. So, but we're you know we've been really focused on more of the prospect side. We just got done with another prospect hot sheet, our uh, I think fourth hot sheet of the year, and Chris Coughlin, uh number one, who now you know this will be hopefully for him his last hot sheet ever. Yeah, you know he's up there number one, and pretty much it was a consensus this morning when we talked about it and. You just look at his line, man. <laughs> Fourteen RBIs and twelve hits. Well, I love that's, the walk the strikeout also, wasn't it? Well, that's that's the other thing is okay. He's getting the hits, you know, and he's making the most of his at bats. And you think, okay, uh, you know, what's he doing on strikeouts? Because you know, you, you figure, you know, second baseman, he probably want to try to pop something up at some point, and. No strikeouts. Wow, <laughs> that's just that, that's yeah. pretty incredible. Seven walks, no Ks. I think for the week. That's for the week. I mean, that, not not even. I mean, that's. I'd like to look down to see what his two strike, you know, his two strike approach is. You know, it, it's it's pretty good, and he he you know we'll see what he's done you know does in the big leagues now, but mm-hmm. but he's really a guy who you give credit. He's he's hit everywhere he's gone basically, except for tail end of that first year full season when he went to the Florida State League and he was awful for about a month and a half and seems like that may have you know you want to see how a guy deals with failure he, he dealt with it and bounced back pretty quickly well it's the kind of the cliche you know that's what the minor leagues are for but hey it's good it happened then and in his first full season that he that he had that because not only did he get the first full season out of the way, but he also get his first setback out of the way. Exactly. And then he can go on and think, you know, now he knows how to do it. And, of course, you mentioned, is he going to be on this list again? Because, you know, he's up in the bigs. And, but what we wanted to do today was we're going to, you know, we, we're a month into the season, really. We're 
basically right at the one month point. And we don't we do prospect hot sheet with the prospect hot sheet we focus it on every week. You know, it, there it's not entirely based just on one week's of stats, but that's the big, you know, determining factor. And then we will work into there like, well, if a guy's been awful all year and he had really good stats this week compared to a guy who's been really good all year and he had good stats this week and they're about equal. Well, the guy who had a really good year is going to be up, you know, a little bit above him. But, but <laughs> my apologies, I have a cold that's going to hopefully we'll leap that back out. But, uh, but we want to say who's our hot sheet of the month. So, Kerry, who's your hot sheet of the month, number one? Well, I know you're uh, you're from Georgia. You used to uh, you know cover games in Macon. But I'm going to have to steal a Braves, Braves guy from you and go with Tommy Hansen. I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, he's in a stratosphere. And he has just been dominating. Had another 10-strikeout uh, game in his last start. And the numbers across the board are just just impressive. I, you know, I read... You know, you know, I've read a lot about him, and I kind of thought, is, is he going to be able to shoulder the expectations this year after what was essentially his breakout season? Everybody knew it was good, but to actually sustain it in, uh, at Myrtle Beach in the Carolina League, go go to Double A Mississippi on a playoff-bound team and direct them to the playoffs and win it, well, you know, that's one thing. But to actually get out and repeat it, I think some guys have a tendency to think, i got to do more than that and kind of get out of their element. And he has shown that he can stay within his element, and now the talk is, you know, when, and when is he going to be up? And you figure it's not going to be that long. I mean, you figure, you look at it, and the Braves, the way they're going right now, aren't going to be playing for a whole lot, you know, come July, Mm -hmm. come August. And if that's the case, you know, Tommy Hansen's going to be about the most interesting thing the Braves have. I mean, hey, it's very early. But the problem with the Braves right now is this, you know, the one argument against, you know, of the when we, will they bring them up is that this is the rotation now that actually is, is pretty well set. I mean, you could argue that the fifth spot, the one that Jojo Reyes is in right now, that, that Tom Glavin was supposed to have, is an opening. You know, you, they could put him over Reyes. But besides that, there's not a whole lot of, I mean, this is a, a pretty veteran staff they have there that they're kind of depending on. Well, and maybe it's a blessing in disguise, you know, for Hanson and the Braves because let these guys in the bigs, you know, go out there every five days and, and, and do it. You know, they've been getting results. And in turn, they get to keep Hanson down down in AAA. And while it may not translate yet to, you know, big league stuff, he's learning. He's learning every day. And, I, you know, I think part of, you know, why I say, it's a blessing in disguise is because he's done it on the mound and he's kind of beginning now to have to do it uh, off the field as far as handling all the interviews and everything is now coming. Especially because he's in Gwinnett. So not that there's a lot of media left in Atlanta yeah. because of all the cutbacks and all, but he is, he he's close enough that, you know, there's a lot of attention focused on him in the Atlanta market because he is the, the hope. And he's, you know, he he's, you know, an Oklahoma guy and, Seems like he's pretty de- pretty well down to earth, and having had a chance to uh, interview him on opening day, you know he had a great start against Charlotte. He seemed pretty humble about everything, and there were probably about you know it's really unusual for like on opening day, and John Manuel and I went down and after the game there must have been five or six other reporters surrounding you know it's like 
a little bit different for yeah, that's a, not, a AAA that's really, yeah. opening day on the road even. Yeah, that's not your normal. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I thought he handled those interviews well, but what's it going to be like when it's, they get a little bit more and it's not just Baseball America now and it's or the Gwinnett and some of the Atlanta when it's ESPN coming in when it's you know some of these bigger bigger names you know that you see on national television coming in one interview him you know. And how does he handle that, block it out? He's done it well so far. I think he can. But it's just one of those things. You know, you've covered, you know, the minors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just for some guys, it can be a distraction. And no matter how well they handle it, it's almost like, okay, they handle that, handle it, handle it. But then they get out on the mound, and it's like, okay, now i got to pitch. <laughs> I mean. He, no, it's – and I, I think, though, the thing that's impressive is, is he's shown up to now that it seems like that that will probably not be a problem for him because – Whatever's been thrown at him. I mean, this is about this time last year was when he was going through his. Uh, it's pretty insane. He was going through a hitless streak of that. He was basically this time last year was when Tommy Hansen was hopping on the hot sheet and wasn't you know and and pretty much has been there ever since. I mean, he's pretty much lived there for the last uh, year, I guess. As far as my, I'd probably agree with you. Like, if we we're doing a first month, I'd probably put Hansen number one. Another guy who jumped out to me has had a really good first month. He may not have the best starts. I'd say probably Jake Fox probably had the best first month overall. Um, but but Desmond Jennings has really had uh, about as good a first month as I think anyone, you know, he not that he was not a very good prospect coming into the season, but last year, two years ago, he really kind of emerged uh, in the Sally League, got was fortunate enough to see him in the Sally League All-Star game, and really, you know, he really stood out in that game as, just kind of a the the best of the best there. Chris Medlin actually also Tommy Hansen's teammate is was also in that game. But but a really good year in the South Atlantic League. But last year was kind of lost to injuries. I mean, he really never got a chance to really get going last year. And not that you know there wasn't a lot of expectations still on him. But coming off of that, there would be no surprise if he'd have started off this year. And you know he. You know, he hits 250. He get you know, 250, 300, 400 for the first month. And you go, oh, okay, he's getting back into it. And instead, he's had a month that basically makes you look and go, wow, he's not that far away. You yeah, know, that's, that's what's so exciting about that guy. And, you know, we sit in the room and, you know, Ben Badler seems like, you know, he's hopped on the, you know, he hopped on the uh, Jennings bandwagon. Very early. I mean, I, th- I think he was there at five in the morning. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the thing about Jennings is, you're right. He's you know, you, you look at Hanson, and he's working with his you know he, he's working fastball command in and out. Obviously, Jennings is working on hitting and learning these pitchers in the high minors, who aren't just throwing their fastballs. You know, right. They're, they they're can getting... get a curveball over in a you know when yeah, they're behind in the count. Exactly. They can, and they can throw the change up when you're not expecting and it. And for him to, you know. To have success and not just bursts of it, but consistently. I mean, I, you know, he has not had a whole lot of bad games this year. It's it, you know, you look at the box scores and it seems like okay, today he had two hits. Didn't he have three hits yesterday? You look back. Oh, he yeah, had three hits because he had a stretch last week where he had three hits in three straight games, and he had two hits or more in I believe it was eight out of nine games. Mm-hmm. That's consistent. You know, hey, you may be getting a little bit of luck because sometimes you'll go through stretches when you'll hit the ball at guys, and you know, other times you'll have a stretch where you know a ball will drop in. But if you're putting up multi-hit games every night, 
you're 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 putting the good bit of that good part of the bat on the ball. Yeah, and I, I you know, when you say you know, it would we wouldn't have been down on him if he would have came out and just hit two fifty. Right. You would almost knowing the injuries, it. and I, you know, I'd, I'd even say that would have even been almost, uh, I guess, expected in the sense too that you know a lot of the guys that they break camp, they're there for a month, and then they have that one that one week maybe maybe just a few days between the end of camp going to uh, you know, to their destination, to their affiliate, and all of a sudden it's you know I got to find an apartment, I got to turn the water on, I got to do all this other stuff, and they just they kind of get out of rhythm. So if he had had a slow start, I think everybody would been under you know understood about that. Now it's now, well, the, the thing now is is that it the Rays have this problem this problem and I'm <laughs> I'm doing air quotes here you can't see them but this problem in several different positions which is okay by the end of this year. Desmond Jennings very well may be, you know, not that you have, you know, but that you have to put him in the big leagues, but he could be pretty much a big league ready center fielder, you know, and the thing for the Rays is, is okay, you know, well, they've got a big league center fielder and then they have, you know, there's not a whole lot of openings out there. They'll figure out one. I mean, like probably what happens next year, you know, it would not be a shocker if Upton slides over to right. Sorry, Matt Joyce. Sorry, you know, take your pick of several other guys. You know, and and Jennings goes out to play center, which could make that lineup even more interesting. I mean, because Jennings is, the thing about Jennings is, is that he is, I mean, he's an athlete. He's a baseball player. He's a baseball player first. I mean, this is not a guy who's learning how to play the game. The guy knows how to play the game. But he has athletic tools that very few players in the minors have. I mean, he was the guy who could have played, you know, SEC football. I mean, that was his yeah. his other option out there was, okay, I can go play SEC football or I can go, you know, and, and play baseball. But, they're you know, they're going to have a problem there like they're having, you know, right now with the rotation, like, okay, well, we've got more guys for the rotation than we have spots in the rotation. Well, ooh, you know, what what a what a horrible problem to have. What a problem that, you know, several teams out there would, you know, like the Mets or the Angels and all would would kill for. I think it'll be interesting with uh, since he is in the race system. I think there's a tendency just among fans, you know, having spent a lot of time in the Midwest, you know, some fans see a good prospect and say, "Hey, let's let you know." And, and there's a need at the big league level in a pennant race, and they have that automatic reaction where they want to trade a, trade a really good guy to get a short term need. And I think with the Rays, it was interesting last year they. They were creative in how they worked in David Price. Well, they do that with Desmond Jennings. Oh, he could he could I very mean, well be he could he could be he could be a better Fernando Perez this year if you wanted to come you know September. That's a good that's a good. Uh, and, good by the way, you I know mean, you still have a Fernando Perez if you wanted him yeah. too. I mean, you know they you know, Matt, I mean they're, 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 the outfield depth that the uh, that the Rays have is is something that you know mm-hmm. to be envied by a lot of teams <laughs> out there. But you brought up David Price. If we were doing, you know, we do not hot on the uh, hot sheet every week. Not that David Price has had the worst first month of any prospect out there by any stretch. Michael Main is one that comes to mind as far as a guy who's just, you know, had a very it's, rough month. Yeah, it's been unfortunate for him out in the Cal, you know, Cal, Cal League. has not suited Michael Main very well at all this year. But if you were picking a guy who, like, okay, to be the not hot list of the first month, w- would Price maybe be on that because – Considering the expectations, I think he's got to be on on there. Um, you know, to be fair, I think you know he's he's on a limited pitch count, 
you know, 75, 75 pitches or five innings, whichever comes first. Now, Which, last, the last starts first, he hasn't gotten to. Yeah. And, you know, I think the fastball command's been an issue. But I also kind of wonder, you know, the, the batters know this. Now they're, you know, maybe they just sit back and take some pitches and frustrate him in that way. But to you know what? If that's, if that's true, that's a good thing, good test for him to have to take because the thing that David Price has not yet shown as far as being a big league starter is does he have, right now, does he have that big league command? That's ex- And you have to have it. Right. You have to have where you go up. And the reality is if you're showing that in AAA and they want to take – well, then you're going to be down 0-2 to you know David Price, and down 0-2 to David Price is no, it's going to be a really rough problem. Yeah, and he's seen, you know, it's not like he hasn't done it at all, you know. I, I think for the listeners out there that, you know, they might see his stats and go, man, he's really bad. I mean, we saw him against Matt Wieters, you know, you know last month. We're on the first, you know, the first at first at bat against Wieters, you know. He he goes with three straight fastballs, strikes him on three pitches, and yeah. – so he has. You're seeing glimpses, yeah. Yeah, but you, you know the consistency just hasn't been there, and I think the other thing is he's also working on a changeup, that which is what he needs to yeah. be a big league starter. Yeah, exactly. And you need that third pitch. And early on, yeah, I wonder how much the uh, kind of, you know, he, maybe he doesn't uh, when he gets come back through, when he comes back through Durham. I like to ask him, do you feel like you just don't have enough elbow room as far as being able to to pitch? And work on your changeup because the changeup for for a new guy it's just if it's just if he hasn't been using it so much and now all of a sudden he's got to do it it's a it's such a pitch that I don't know you just have to re, you know you have to repeat it and if you don't get the chances to do that then things are going to fall apart a little bit I think with him I remember uh, his pitching coach Xavier Hernandez was talking about he he look when he throws that change he's looking at his arm like and he kind of carries it. And yeah, yeah, I can no, see that change, a changeup is. <clears throat> it's, some guys just pick it up, but other guys, a lot of guys, it's the most difficult pitch to learn because there's so much trust involved in it. You, the thing I've had multiple pitching coaches tell me is, is that as much as like with a curveball, with a slider, it's the grip. Can you find a grip you're comfortable with exactly. that you can snap it off? With a changeup, a lot of times it's can you throw it with belief? That's, because that's a great statement. If you believe in it. It's much more effective because part of the problem is is that a changeup, I mean, is such a deception pitch that if you don't believe in it, it's not something that, you know, it's it's readily apparent, but it actually does even sometimes you can help pick it up from that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but also what really happens is if you don't believe in it, then you don't throw a good changeup because you have to believe, no, look, with this grip, you know, I, I can maintain the arm speed, everything, and I can locate it, and it'll, you know, fool hitters, you know, screw up hitters' heads. Well... If you're not believing in it, you're not going to screw up hitters, you know, timing. Exactly. And you, you hear a lot of uh, pitching coaches and pitching coordinators talking about that, having, you know, trusting your stuff. Well, I think that's one of those pitches that they really talk about when they say trusting their stuff. Right. There are very few hitters, pitchers out there, especially with big league stuff, who don't trust their fastball. Like, you know, and there's a reason for that. You know, the most guys who are going to make it to the big leagues, their fastball is what started, you know, getting them there. I mean – yeah. Hey, the Jamie Moyers out there out there are a, a special breed, but for most guys, the adjustment as they hit Double A, especially in Triple A, is okay. I've always trusted my fastball, but now, and sometimes it's like I've always trusted my fastball, and I've trusted you know my curveball, or maybe it is the changeup. But 
I need to trust that third pitch if I'm going to be a starter. And a lot of times that's the thing that guys don't have yet. And some guys can get by without it. You know, I mean, hey, Kurt Schilling had a great career basically throwing, you know, I mean, he he really didn't have an off-speed pitch for much of that, you know. He threw split, you know, basically, you know, or the slider, but he didn't really throw, you know, he wasn't going to slow it down pretty much. But most guys need a third pitch. Sounds like a prospect pulse. Yeah. I'll get on it on Monday. That sounds like a good one. <laughs> but uh, we're sorry. We did check the podcast at, at Baseball America. No prospect questions this week. We had a lot of draft questions, which John, I think we're going to have John on next, uh, next week for another draft podcast. So we'll get to some of those next week. But send your questions to the podcast at BaseballAmerica.com. And as we always remind you, you can also go to Twitter. We're on Twitter now, so Twitter.com slash BaseballAmerica for our Twitter feed. Uh, as our web guy, I will point out, if you're listening to this, a couple stories on the website. You know, we have the – every Friday we have the hot sheet like we did today. We have a prospects chat every Friday. So uh, <clears throat> you're probably downloading this after our Friday prospect chat this week. So, uh, But come back next Friday, usually around 2.30, we'll have a prospects chat. Every Monday we have the top 25 and a college chat with Aaron Fit. Then also during the week we have minor league transactions up on Monday. We have a prospect injury report that goes up on Wednesday in addition to all the normal features we have and all, uh, you know, and for the weekend right now we got going up, uh, I will say one thing. I rarely will hype a story of mine because, you know, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. But the indie preview, which I love independent, independent league baseball, uh, is going is going up this weekend. And story on a uh, left-hander who's got big league stuff but has been told by teams, hey, you could pitch in the big leagues, but by the way, we can't sign you. Well, that, and, man, that was a great story. And the thing is is that, you can't write off the indie, indie ball guys because having covered a double-A team that had a uh, former independent leaguer go on to help a team win a World Josh Series, Kinney. Josh Kinney with the Cardinals. Frontier leaguer. Yes. It, th- that's that's what makes, you know, BA, you know, so solid. And, you know, to plug in one more thing, the Daily Dish, because we are doing it th- yes. differently this year, and I hope the readers appreciate it and see it. And let know. us know, as we said, send us a comment on it, what you think at podcast at baseballamerica.com. But continue, sorry. Oh, that's it. No, Daily Dish is we're, every day in Daily Dish we're going to pick out a prospect or two. You know, we'll have notes. Basically, think of it as a uh, uh, an homage to Peter Gammons on a uh, little shorter level, but like a Peter Gammons notes column, but for the minor leagues. That's what we're aiming to do is is that we have little notes, you know, talk to people, talk to scouts, players, coaches, to kind of give a little every day during every weekday. You know, we give you a little insight into what's going around around the minors with an eye really on prospects. You know, it's not as much about we've really kind of refocused a little this year. It's not who had the three home run game last night. It's who's rising up, who's struggling, all that from a prospect eye. And also one last thing I'll say with that also, Baseball America Prospect Report, if you want to know who hit the three home runs last night, we also do that in your inbox every morning by around 8 a.m. So, as you're, you know, either first thing you do when you get in the office or even, you know, as you're eating your breakfast, uh, you know, 8 a.m. Eastern, you have an email that has the best lines of, you know, which prospects had the best nights from the night before. That's a great thing. So thanks again for listening. We'll have another podcast on Monday with uh, Aaron Fick and John Manuel coming back with the College Top 25 podcast. So thanks again and have a good weekend. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.